Hey everybody and welcome back to Forging Heroes. I'm your host Josh Jensen and today we're going to be diving into really the 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 source of all of this. The 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 start to all this podcasting idea is the hero's journey. We're going to talk about what that is and we're going to break it down into all the different steps. So let's 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 jump into that. So first of all, the what is the hero's journey? I'm going to be saying that a lot. I'm going to be referencing uh, what that is. And so I just want to talk, kind of give a brief explanation of what that is for those of you who don't know, or aren't familiar with it. Uh, originally, the hero's journey is a kind of a theory or an idea proposed by a guy named Joseph Campbell, who did a lot of studying, a lot of time studying all different legends and myths and stories and films and books and all sorts of stuff uh, from, you know, the beginning of the history of the world, really. And he went through and discovered kind of how there was a pattern, so you could say, kind of a pattern to the way these people told their stories. There was a kind of a pattern to the way the heroes faced challenges, the way the heroes developed the stories, the way that the certain steps were laid out, so to speak. And so he started kind of compiling all these ideas and putting together uh, what he calls the monomyth. Mono meaning one, myth meaning legend or story. And he put that together, the monomyth representing a kind of fundamental form of storytelling that represents all stories and just naturally the idea is that we naturally just kind of come to that we sort of yeah we sort of get drawn to this idea this form of storytelling and that's why there you know it's kind of been this subconscious theme throughout humanity and why you know why uh why stories are told this way just because it, it really it speaks to to the humanity in us and so i kind of want to break down uh what all those steps are and and what they mean as far as a storytelling perspective and then what they mean to us as just regular people living life so now in his original version that he's come up with and you can look at this look on this online um he has he's also written a book called a hero of a thousand faces which goes into very uh detailed description of this but his original um hero's journey kind of cycle is about 17 steps and some variations have like 18 or 20 steps I have simplified it and a lot of other people have come up with variations of their own too. Um, a couple other famous variations. Um, there's one that has like eight steps. There's one that has 16 steps. There's one that has 13 steps, all these random numbers. I have discovered one that is 12 steps. And not only do I like the number 12, but I also like the way this cycle works really well. And so this is the one we're going to be focusing on today. Um, there's 12 steps. So we're talking about why, why it focuses or why it teaches us about humanity. Now I'm going to break it up into three sections. The next three episodes, we will actually be covering this. So this first part is kind of the, the foundation of it all. We're going to be discussing the first kind of three-ish steps here. So um, the first thing to understand about the hero's journey is the idea of the ordinary world and the special world. So this is the best way to picture the hero's journey is to picture like a clock right? Like the face of a clock, that's the cycle. And, and I'll explain what that means. So, uh, and, and if you look at the top half of the clock, that's the ordinary world. And the bottom half is the special world. Now, here's a little quote by a guy named Christopher Volger, who is the one of the guys who made a variation of it. Um, he talks about the ordinary world. He says that the ordinary world allows us to get to know the hero and identify with him or her before the journey begins. Since the audience usually experiences the journey through the hero's eyes, we must be able to relate to him. The ordinary world gives us the opportunity to identify with the hero's drives, urges, and problems while showing unique characteristics and flaws that make him three-dimensional. Okay, that's a lot, but that is that is 
really the most beautiful description of what the ordinary world represents. Um, and, and the reason why we talk about it as the ordinary world, the ordinary world is just the normal part, the where the story begins. It's just where the, the story has to be set out. We kind of have to understand how everything goes. Technically, the first step, because the ordinary world is kind of like the whole half of the clock. If you talk about the first step, so like, you know, right at midnight on the clock, 12 o'clock is the status quo. And this is just really uh, the manifestation of the ordinary world. This is where we do get to see, you know, an introduction of what the hero's life is like, what the hero's, you know, weaknesses are, what what parts of them we're supposed to relate to. There's often a, a part of storytelling um, forget exactly the phrasing, but it's like something about saving the cat or, or petting the dog. And it's a, it's kind of a theory or a, an idea used in storytelling, especially with movies that you have to, within the first like couple minutes of the movie while introducing your main character, you need to have them doing something super nice to show their good qualities so that you can relate to them and realize that that's who the person you're supposed to be following. So that's why they say, save the cat or pet the dog. So you should have your, your, your hero do something like save a cat or pet the dog and that and be nice and showing some kind virtuous qualities because at the end of the day it's those qualities are going to take them whatever that quality is that you just that the you know the filmmaker decides to focus on it's those qualities that are going to lead the hero to uh, go on the journey and those are the qualities that are going to get kind of strengthened and, and that they're going to grow bigger um, and then the idea is to place those qualities um, in this ordinary world so to speak something that's just regular and ordinary but yet a hero stands out right? That's kind of the idea of the, the ordinary world. Obviously, that's a pretty self-explanatory part as far as for us. Um, yeah, the, what the, the idea is like, what is the status quo for us? What is what is our situation? What's our ordinary world? And what are those qualities uh, about us that make us the hero? You know, what are those parts of us that are just really wonderful? Okay. And that's kind of something to think about. Um, now, this brings us to the first actual step is one o'clock right on the clock is the call to adventure. This happens. Any good story has to have the call to adventure. This is how it all begins. So the call to adventure is um, usually some sort of invitation or a challenge for the hero. So it might be an invitation like a quest that they need to go on or, you know, some, some cool trip to go on with somebody or an invitation to do something different. Like maybe it's a job that they have to apply for or it's an invitation to, you know, whatever it is. Or it could be a challenge, like something comes to threaten their community or their family or their job or their relationship. Something comes and threatens them. So there's some sort of challenge that's given to them. And so either one of these options becomes the hero's goal. So you have to use this first step as a way to show what the invitation of the challenge is. And this has to become the hero's goal. They have to embody this. Oftentimes, this is actually like kind of a, a, another step if you look into the different variations of the hero's journey. Um, oftentimes, the hero will reject and refuse the call at first. So that's often a pretty interesting aspect of the story that it has to be bold enough and scary enough that the hero might not want to do it. Um, and it could be for other reasons. Maybe it's not because of fear, maybe because the hero feels inadequate. Maybe they feel kind of lazy. So there's lots of different reasons, but oftentimes a good story will have the hero kind of refuse it at first. Uh, and sometimes it's, this is where it's also interesting. Some stories have the hero, uh, it's the hero's choice. Like it's them choosing to go on this quest or sometimes they are called by a greater power or by someone who's in charge of them to do something. So that can bring two very different variations to a story, which I, I think are very interesting to point out. Um, yeah, so sometimes it comes within, sometimes it comes from an outside source. And so both of those reflect different parts of the hero and show different weaknesses within the hero. Um, yeah, and so I think that's a super, super cool part of the story. Um, now, obviously the call to adventure for us goes directly to 
to that? What, what goal do you want to have? Obviously, if we're going to work backwards, we would look at what invitation to something, you know, is there an invitation in your life that's just kind of sitting there pending? You're not literally like an invitation to like a birthday party or something, but some sort of call to maybe, yeah, like a job or moving somewhere or some cool trip you want to go on. Maybe there's something like that. Or is there some challenge in your life you want to face or need to face? Or it could just be a straight up, like straightforward goal. That's the other thing. It doesn't have to be one of these two. It can usually just, it can turn straight into a goal. Like the hero just really wants something and that's fine. So that's one of those first things to recognize within ourselves is we're always being full of, or, you know, being kind of lit up with ideas because in the end, it's a call to adventure. That's the phrase. It's a call. It's just, it's a beacon. It's a light. It's not necessarily something grabbing you by the hand, although sometimes it looks like that, but it's really just a signal. So what's signaling you? What's calling your attention? That's kind of the idea for this. Now that brings us to the second step. Number two is assistance. This is this is already kind of starting to ring true to a lot of people, I think, that the assistance is where the mentor comes in, where the the, the crazy wizard, the old man, the, the wise sage type person, this is where they come in to help the hero. So this is usually after the hero has experienced a little bit of self-doubt or fear. They, this is after they might have refused the call to adventure. Um, so this is where it takes a little bit of help. It takes some help from someone older, wiser, maybe even more experienced, whether directly with the challenge or indirectly with the challenge. And they're kind of there to guide the hero along. We see lots of examples in, in all sorts of movies. Um, two of my favorite examples that come to mind are Gandalf from the Lord of the Rings films, where he kind of is this, he really fits that perfectly. He's just this kind of ambiguous wizard guy. He's just this old wizard who we know has been to a million places and he's lived through a million tales, but He's there to kind of guide, guide Frodo along, or the other version, or the other example is uh, Ben Kenobi from the original Star Wars trilogy. Same thing for Luke Skywalker, who's not sure he meets the same thing. Kind of an old wise man who we don't really know a lot about, but he's there to assist and to guide. That's his purpose in the story. Um, another interesting aspect of the assistance piece is that, well, it most often comes in the form of a person, like we've already mentioned these two examples. But it doesn't always have to be that way, especially with more modern stories, more modern films, like dramas and things like that. It can come, this assistance can come, it has to be an external thing. So that's kind of the only rule for the assistance step, any movie or book. The assistance kind of has to be external, it can't come from the hero themselves. So in this case, it could be a person or it could be just some knowledge that comes to them. It could be a tool or a weapon. Um, it could be some sort of like map or some sort of, you know, yeah, pieces of, of, of information like that. Or it can be multiples. So for example, like in Star Wars, we go back to the Ben Kenobi example. Ben Kenobi is the person, but he also gives Luke a lightsaber that represents the power of the Jedi. So he's got this tool that kind of combines, uh, that's combined with the person. And so that's why the lightsaber becomes a really meaningful piece as well, because it has this extra meaning. It, it's guided the hero along. So any assistance that's given, one has to be external, but two, has to be something that pushes the hero along or gives them confidence, something that can uh, remind them to, to be brave later on in the journey. So again, this is pretty straightforward for us. Uh, what assistance, one, if you're looking back and reviewing past goals or projects that you've achieved, what assistance did you did you need or did you find? And if it's a current goal that you're looking towards, what assistance do you need to find? What, what person do you need to talk to about something? What sort of uh, knowledge do you need to gain? What sort of uh, studying do you need? What tool do you need? What resources do you need access to? And so, yeah, that's just, I think it's pretty straightforward, but it's a really cool piece when you realize that role that the, that the assistance or that the mentor plays in the story of the hero. Any good hero needs that person to teach them. And it, and it's why we are drawn as people to, 
you know, we're drawn to, to people in the field, we're into the field that we're working in. We're drawn to people that have interests that we, that are similar to ours. We're drawn to people that we see a little bit of ourselves in. That's the other part of the assistance piece, or especially the mentors that there's an aspect of them that reflects the hero or that the hero is, sees in them that represents themselves. If that's not too confusing. It's that idea that the assistance represents who the hero could become eventually and might play for another person. Like they might, the hero might become the assistance to another person in their journey. So anyway, so there's some thoughts to think about. This brings us to the third step of this beginning chunk of the, of the hero's journey. And this is the last step we'll, we'll talk about here. Now, this is kind of, this is kind of a big one. This is, this step is called departure is typically what it's labeled as. Now, departure is the point, or is this is the point of the story where the hero has to commit, like they really have to commit to the goal. And so this is where, if we're going back to that idea of the ordinary world and the special world, and like I had said, if you can slice the, the clock in half, you know, from the top and the bottom, this is where the hero is crossing from three o'clock down to four o'clock. And they're crossing that line into that special world where things are going to be different. Things are going to be new. Um, another couple different phrases people use for this is like the, like the point of no return is a common one. That's another one that people use, like it's the point of no return. So what that means is that it's the idea that, like I said, the hero has to commit and show it's like a physical action that shows that the hero is ready to go forward on the goal. I think a really beautiful example of this is, um, actually something I've learned from being here in Guatemala. So here, uh, there's this mountain nearby and this big mountain where they have this little launch pad for paragliders. So I have a good friend of mine, Calvin, who does a lot of paragliding. And we've talked about this idea before where they use that, 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 uh, phrase of the point of no return, um, in paragliding. So on this cliff, on this mountain, it's like this peak and it's super high up. There's like overlooking the lake. Um, it's super amazing. Uh, super amazing view. It's super beautiful, but up there there's, they've cleared out all the trees. There's nothing there except for this launch pad and an open ground. And that's pretty steep from there. And so these paragliders have to open up their kites, these big old kites, and they have to lay them out on the ground. They have to prep all the, 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 the wires, the cords, all the lines and make sure it's all laid out nicely so that it won't be tangled when it picks air, picks up air. They get it all laid out. They get the harness set up. They get inside the harness. And then, uh, and then what happens is they have to commit by, they, they do a little, a little tug on the kite while facing it. And then the wind immediately picks it up. And right from that moment, as soon as that wind hits, it's a lot of, you have to be really ready for it because it, that once that gust of wind picks up your, kite you're going to get lifted so then immediately um the, the the pilot will have to flip around and start kind of walking and, and running towards the the edge of the cliff so they can kind of jump off and let their kite kind of carry the weight and so it's they call it the point of no return or at least we've heard it or my friend calvin has described it that way of it's yeah you really have to commit because at that point you can't go back you can't like land back and be like okay i, just, I get to try again you have to just fully commit because once you've let that kite get lifted off the ground you're you're up you're up and away. And so I think that's a really beautiful representation of what this phase of the journey represents because it is such an important and crucial piece to the journey. It's, it really is a test of a person's character or a hero's character and proving that they're willing to commit to what they've said they were going to do. Um, cause a big part of it is that they're leaving the safety to danger. They're, they're heading away from the comfortable and familiar known world that's safe. And they're leaving to go to the dangerous unknown 
region. That's that's the whole point. Is they're leaving the known to the unknown, and and it's that part of it is it's so scary for the hero. But they're leaving it behind their home, but they're also leaving behind the limits of home because they're going to something new. They don't know what they're going to face, and so that's why it's also important in the story. This is why the, the first phase that we talked about, like the ordinary world or, or understanding the status quo, understanding where the hero is, and learning about their home. This is why it's so important because you have to they have to learn. We have to learn as the audience why it's so hard to leave that, why they feel so safe at home, why that feels like it's their place of comfort and why that would be difficult to leave. Um, obviously, we know that the story has to continue by them leaving, but we have to relate to that part of it that's really difficult. Um, going back to like Lord of the Rings or the Hobbit stories, I, I think that's a really beautiful um, representation of it, one of the best, because in the books and as well as the films, they do such a great job of portraying very clearly how comfortable and safe and warm and welcoming this little town of Hobbiton is and how safe the hobbits are there and how happy they are and their little gardens and their little homes and they've got their their tea kettles and their food and they and they're just so safe and comfortable and they paint this beautiful picture and if you think about it and for those of you who have seen the film or read the books and you understand and you kind of have read the descriptions of the places nothing really ever compares to that hobbit land throughout the rest of the books or the movies everything's very dark and bleak and there's, it's very dangerous, big trees and jagged mountains and, and snow and ice and wind and rain and all sorts of elements. And so it's a very beautiful, beautiful physical representation of what the difference between that safety of the comfortable home is compared to that dark realm of, of evil and chaos. And so, again, I think this is a self-explanatory piece, that idea that uh, once you've kind of got that goal in your head, usually there's some sort of step you have to take that kind of shows you're willing to commit um, and that's why we see a lot of people not living their dreams, not doing what they want to do, because it takes that dedication to leave what you what you know and pursue something you don't know, which could result in a failure. That's the whole thing is at the very end, you're not sure if you're going to succeed, but you're going to hope that you will. Um, so we'll talk more about that uh, in the coming in the coming uh, episodes. But for now, we're going to I'm going to leave it on that note of of those first three steps of the hero's journey and hope this has made sense. So first we got call to adventure, then we got assistance, then we got departure. Now, on a side note, I have a really cool PDF that I've designed. Uh, it's a it's a document. It's a, I'm calling it like the visual guide and the goal tracker for the hero's journey. Um, and so I'm, I have a, if you go to, um, if you go to any of my social medias, you can go in to find the link and su submit your email there and you will be able to get that uh, completely free. And the idea is that it goes along with this hero's journey that we're discussing. It goes along with all the steps and you can write in your goals specifically and have a reference for them. And you can kind of track it in a way that these hero's journey kind of portrays it for us. So um, until until then, we're gonna, we're gonna stop here and uh, jump right into the next phase of the hero's journey in the next episode. So stay tuned for that. Thanks for listening.